please be seated. You know, I was thinking it was a, it's a little disconcerting for the preacher when we start the announcements by saying, you know, your pillows and blankets are back there. <laughs> Not sure what that's all about, but okay. Just a reminder also to those who have children who are going to net kids camp tomorrow. We leave at 11 o'clock, be here at 11 and feed them before they get here because we're not feeding them on the way. So 11 o'clock, those going to net kids camp. For several weeks, we've been in the book of Hebrews, the letter written to a group of people who were, who were discouraged. Many of them were discouraged. And we've used as our theme verse this out of chapter 3 where he says, But encourage each other or one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firm to the end the confidence that we had at the first. And we've seen a lot of already how that the writer is trying to encourage these people. And today we're going to talk a little bit about rest. Don't we like rest? I like rest. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from learn of me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus gives these comforting words to the people. All you who are weary, heavy laden, King James says, come and I will give you rest. And the writer of Hebrews was writing to a group of people who were burdened. He was writing to a bunch of people who were weary. Many of them were about to give up. Many of them just couldn't seem to take it anymore. And what they needed was some hope of relief. What they needed was the hope of rest. You know, we can endure a lot of things sometimes when we know that at the end there's going to come some rest, whether it be nap time or something like that. Peyton, my little granddaughter, there she is. Yeah, she's like, what's he going to say? She's all about going to kindergarten except for one thing. She found out there was no nap time in kindergarten. She's not happy about that. And I was like, when did they take nap time out of kindergarten? I, I thought they had nap time in kindergarten. I like nap time. I like rest. And we need rest, especially when we're weary. And the Hebrew writer was writing to people who were weary. Weary. In chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, he writes, Therefore, since the promise of etern- entering his rest still stands... Let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard did not combine it with faith. Now we're talking about the Israelites. Now we who have believed entered that rest just as God said. So I declare on my oath in anger, they shall never receive my rest. And yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. And on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. 
And again, in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. It still remains that some will enter that rest. And those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. Therefore, God again set a certain day, calling it today. When a long time later, he spoke through David, as was said before, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall will fall by following their example of disobedience. And so this tells us about rest. He's telling the people, there is, God has promised us a Sabbath rest. There's going to come a time in which God's people will be able to rest from all that is going on here in the world. And there are actually, in this scripture, there are actually four different rests mentioned. We're going to look briefly at those this morning. The first is God's rest from creation. And that goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 2 and verses 2 and 3 when it says, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. You remember a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Jesus becoming like a man and we, we talked about some of the human aspects that Jesus dealt with while he was here as a man that, that are not things that God deals with. And we, I talked about being hungry and I talked about being thirsty and I talked about being tired. And somebody came up to me after that was over and said, well, if God isn't tired, why did he rest on the seventh day? I would submit to you that God did not rest on the seventh day because he was tired. God rest on the seventh day because he was done. He was finished with creation. Sometimes we rest not because we're tired. We just rest because we ain't got nothing else to do. We're done. Now, God did not sit down and rest and not do anything else. God has always been active. God has always been at work. But he had finished creation. And so on the seventh day, he rested from creating. Didn't rest permanently. Didn't rest because he was tired. He rested because he was done. And I think that that is what it is talking about here. He is still active today. I think there is a sense in which he is still at rest from creation from creating, but he is still active in creation, in the world, in our lives. But this idea of rest, this is the first time we see that. And so rest is mentioned as being what God did on the seventh day of creation. And then the second rest we see is the Sabbath rest for the Israelites. And we begin to see it there in those verses in Genesis. You see, he said he rested on the seventh day and he set it apart as holy. Now, he set it apart, but it really wasn't until 
Moses leads the children of Israel out of Egypt and gives them the commandments that he specifically sets aside the Sabbath day. And it was to be a day of rest for his people. It was to be something that was going to be of a benefit to them. And it was such a day of rest, you remember, that when manna started coming from heaven, he said, this is how you are to collect the manna. Six days or five days, you collect manna enough for that one day. Don't collect too much because if you do, something's going to happen. And you remember what happened that some of them like you and me, well, like me, I don't know about you, but like me, if I was out in the desert and I was not a hundred percent sure, although I ought to be, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure where I was going to get my next meal. When that manna fell down the first day, I'm going to get me a little extra. I know God said, only get enough for today and there'll be more tomorrow. But you know, a bird in the hand or something like that. So I'm going to gather me just a little extra, just in case something happens and manna doesn't come tomorrow. And we all remember that those who took more manna than what they needed, maggots. Mm, That would have been. And then he said, but on the fifth day before the sabbath day you collect two days worth because on the sabbath day no manna is going to come it's a day of rest i suppose and because we are of human nature there there were some who said well you know god gave his manna on sunday God gave his man on Monday. God gave his man on Tuesday. God gave his man on Wednesday. God gave his man on Thursday. God gave his man on Friday. God gave us. Well, you know what? Surely he's going to give his man a tomorrow. So I'm only going to get enough for Friday. So that then there'll be manna tomorrow when it comes. And I'm sure there's some who only collect enough for that one day. The next week they figured it out, I would imagine. But the whole point of the Sabbath day was to be something of a benefit for God's people. To rest. I think that says something about God's understanding of us as human beings. That we need rest. You know, we get so busy and we get so caught up. But you can talk to doctors and, you know, they'll tell you, we need rest. You know, they say optimally that we need at least, very minimum, eight hours of sleep a night. How many of us actually get eight hours of sleep a night? Now, that does not include the hour or two when you're in your recliner supposedly watching the football game or whatever. But eight hours of continuous sleep. Most of us probably don't, but we need that rest. God understood we needed that rest. So he set aside a day of rest. Now, we come over to the New Testament. And we find out that man had taken what God had intended to be a blessing. And turned it into a burden. 
They had placed so many restrictions. They had placed so many thou shalt nots. All the, they were never intended, were never part of the original plan that God had, that they eventually abused the Sabbath day. You remember in Jesus often got criticized for doing things on the Sabbath day that they had decided shouldn't be done. And Jesus said an interesting thing. Man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. God intended it as a day of rest. The third rest that is mentioned in this is the rest in Canaan after they conquered or went into Canaan land. That was called a rest. And you can understand that. They'd been slaves for 400 years. They'd been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And they finally come into the land that God had promised them. But there was still a lot to do when they got to the land. They had to conquer the land. They had to do all of this stuff. And God said, when you do all of this, you will have rest in the land. Now, we sing a lot of songs. And I like these songs. Some are my very personal favorite songs. Uh, To Canaan's land, I'm on my way. On Jordan's stormy banks, I stand and cast a wishful eye or whatever that is. And one that's not in our books, but I know is one of Joe Joe Bauer's favorites. I'm camping in Canaan's happy land. I like that song. We need to sing it whether it's in the book or not. I like that song. I miss it. And all those kind of have this this imagery of comparing Canaan to heaven. That we're going to cross the Jordan River, we're going to cross, and we're going to be in the promised land, and it's going to be like heaven. And I used to think that way. I thought, yeah, that's a great imagery to Canaan's land. I'm on my way, and I'm camping in Canaan's land, and, you know, all those kinds of things. And then I read something from somebody that just stuck in my mind and changed completely my thinking on that. Canaan even though it was the promised land, was not the perfect place. Even though they had crossed over Jordan, there was work to do. There were tasks to be done. And the writer that I was reading said, the better analogy is that over there in the wilderness and all of that, that's living in the world. And crossing the Jordan into the promised land is our salvation. When we are saved, we still have work to do. There are still tasks to be done. Eventually, we will reach that eternal rest. But that's not what Canaan was, even for the Israelites. There was a sense and there was a rest from their journeying. There was a rest from their slavery. And we'll get to this in a minute. If they had done what God told them to do, they would have had more of a rest In the land when they got there. But they didn't. We'll talk about that more in a minute. And the fourth rest. Is the rest that is promised to us. In Matthew chapter 11. Where we took that. All ye that are weary and heavy laden. Come to me and I will give you rest. Is Jesus talking about. Now. Or is he talking about. Beyond. Chuck got it right. Yes. Yes. Both. Both. And I know you may be sitting here today going, 
Do you know what's going on in my life? What kind of rest do I have here and now? I don't have any rest here and now. All I'm doing is hoping and longing for the rest that is to come. But I think when Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I believe he was talking about both now and later. Well, how can we have rest here and now when there's so much going on and so much still to do? I think one of the ways is, the best way is we can have rest when we're talking about and looking at rest as a peace of mind peace of mind we talked about this in the teenage class where jesus said in in john chapter 14 peace i give to you my peace i give to you not as the world gives and we talked about you know the world's definition of peace is the absence of turmoil well good luck with that good luck with finding peace in this life if your definition is the absence of turmoil but jesus peace is the tranquility and the peace of mind to get through the turmoil his rest we can rest we can be at ease in this life because you know what we don't have to struggle so much for the things that this world says are important they're just not all that important we can do this but in the end it's not all that important and so we can have that peace of mind, rest from worries, rest from worldly pressures. And yes, it is also a rest for eternity. Revelation chapter 14, verse 12 says, blessed are those who die in the Lord. And the spirit says, for they shall rest from their labors. And I think that's the key. Here we have rest. We have peace of mind, but we still labor. But there's going to come a time when we rest eternally with God. Our tasks have been accomplished here. And I long for that day. God wants to provide or has provided a rest for us. God has provided a rest for, for, for us. And Jesus is going to prepare that place for us that we looked at in John chapter 14. Now, if God has provided that rest... How can we make sure that we get it? If God provided that rest, I want it. How can I make sure we get it? The writer of Hebrews tells us. In fact, that's kind of his whole point in here. Is don't miss it. Y'all are about to give up. Some of you are about to quit. And if you do, you're going to miss the rest. Don't miss the rest. And the way that we can be sure that we have our rest is first of all, by obedience. The Israelites missed the rest by disobeying God, especially a whole generation. We talked about this maybe last week or week before in Numbers chapter 14, where God brings them to the promised land the first time. And I've told you this. It is my belief that God had every intention of bringing them into the promised land right then and there. That was his intent. That was his desire. And the 12 spies went in. And 10 of them came back and said, we can't do it. There's no way. They're giants. They got big walls around their cities. You know, it is a place flowing with milk and honey, like God said. I mean, it's a beautiful place. It would be great. 
if we could do it, but we can't do it. Joshua and Caleb tried to talk him out of it, but couldn't. And so God's anger burned against them because they did not believe in him, because they didn't have faith. And he said, therefore, this entire generation will wander and die in the desert. And I'll raise up the next generation and I'll take them in. And you know what we find out? They were just barely better than the previous generation. Yeah, they went across and they did what God told them to do and they took the land and then they kind of quit. And we'll get to that in just a minute. But the original ones, they disbelieved God. They didn't do what he said. The scripture tells us that our, that our spiritual blessings are found in Christ. And that includes his rest. The rest is available to everybody. But it's not accepted by all. We must believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. John 3, verse 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 says that we must repent of our sins as does Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. We have to have a change of heart, a change of attitude, a change of action in our lives. We were looking at again in John chapter 14 in the teenage class where Jesus said three times in just a, a short paragraph. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. It echoes what he said in Matthew chapter 7 when he said, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord. Will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my father. We can't just say. That we love God. We can't just claim. That we're God's. We can't just claim that we're his friends. We have to do what he says. And repentance is a part of that. A change of attitude. And action. And mindset. We must confess Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 32. And to be in Christ, we must be baptized into Christ. Clothed with Christ. As Galatians chapter 3 tells us. And this is all part of our faith. Part of our faith response. Our obedience process. By which we receive God's grace. The writer says that the Israelites missed God's rest. And you notice how harsh that was? They will never have rest, he said. They will never have rest because they didn't do what I told them to do. So we have to obey. And secondly, we have to be diligent. We must never give up. The rest is promised to those who finish the race. To those who remain faithful to the end. Going back to the Israelites when they did finally enter the land of Canaan. They had a measure of rest. But not the full rest that God wanted to grant them. Why not? Because they quit. God said I want you to go in. And I want you to destroy and root out all the inhabitants of the land. The Perizzites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Hivites, and all those ites. Get rid of them. And for a little while, they did a pretty good job. And then they just kind of got tired. They just kind of got complacent. And they said, you know what? This is good enough. It's okay. It's good enough. And it wasn't. And because they didn't do what God said, those people came back over and over and over again. 
to cause them problems and to keep them from having the rest that God wanted for them. We have to hold on till the end. God has promised us his rest. I want that rest. But if I'm going to get that rest, I have to hold on to the end. Never give up. Be faithful all the days of our lives. If you're here this morning and there's some way we can help or encourage you, we invite you to come now as we stand and as we sing. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas. 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.